Hi, this is Joel Gray. This is Adrian Warren. This is Andrew Keenan Bolger. This is Chuck Cooper. This is Brandon Uranoy. This is Mandy Gonzalez. This is Rachel B. Jones. This is Christy Altamar. This is Kristen Chenoweth. This is Cheetah, and you're listening to Key Prices Curtain Call. This is Keith Price, and we are here at the Kaliban Prize reception, honoring the promising lyricists and librettists. This year, there's three big winners, Shayna Taub, Sarah Hammond, and Mr. Charlie Sohn. And I'm standing here now with one of the judges. This is our usual, I think this is our big thing. We've had a couple of other dates in between, but yearly, this is our offense. <laughs> I'm here with the wonderful, fabulous, Tony Award-winning, Com- uh, lyricist, composer, fabulous man himself, in his own right, Mr. Richard Maltby. How are you, sir? I am really well, Keith. This is a wonderful event. This this event, like I said, this is now my fourth time coming to the event. This is our fourth uh, clatch, if we will, of conversation. And this never gets old, giving away money. It's actually, it's actually bigger. It, it, it's getting bigger each year, the... the, the, the uh, Perception of the of the Cleveland Award. It's been around for a you know an awfully long time, but in the last ten years, it's really become much more uh, prominent, and uh, um, I think that's really exciting. It's the it's one of the biggest money awards that anybody gives, the, and the purpose of it was that that um, Ed Cleveland, who knew how hard it was for librettists and lyricists mm-hmm. to support themselves in in the business, pianists. Composers, they can always play the piano. They can accompany people. They can do dance. They can do dance classes. They they're okay. But the writers, the writers have to take day jobs, and um, that cuts down on the writing time enormously. So he wanted the award to be big enough, so that for two years you could basically just write. And also, he didn't. This is not an award that goes to beginners. This is not. Uh, for people who are just starting out, the the minimum requirement is that you have to have had a show. You can't have had a show on Broadway or multiple shows that add up to more than two years. To have any show on Broadway means that you're not a beginner, you know. And uh, so, it it is not uncommon for people of quite considerable stature who have not had a musical on Broadway for two years to, to win as Lisa Cron did when she won. I was just thinking yeah. that. I was just yeah. thinking like, you know, because she actually won the Tony, but it still was under she the... Won, she won it for a play though yeah. and, and and as far as musicals are concerned, she was uh, she was new and, and she was, you know, you know, I'm sure you, you win a, you have a Tony winning play. I, nobody can live on that, you know. The fact is that most of the time the shows run not at capacity. Um, they're very often on waivers. Uh, very often on, 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 on people don't understand that, that the royalty waivers are, are, are diminish your, your, your income from it. So everybody needs, and the more, the more um, experienced you are, the more you need it. Right. This was for people who are established, for people who are going to write something else. And that was, that was um, what Ed, Ed wanted to uh, support, he wanted, he wanted. This is an award for something that hasn't been written yet. And well, that was that was interesting because when I talked to Sarah, and she told me about the piece that she had written that she submitted for the the, the contest, and she was like, "It's it's a work that's never been heard before." And I was like, "How fabulous is that for your work that's never been heard before by a ear a room full of ears that think that what you have is special and promising." 
Well, that's true. That's true. But funnily enough, it's not even for that. It's for the thing that she writes after this, you know, and uh, um, or the development of that as it goes on, because you know the days when you just wrote it and it got on have long gone. You have to go through a process with readings and workshops and out-of-town tryouts and everything else. And meanwhile, you've got to support yourself while all this is happening. And these, uh, this award, the number of people who have said, this kept me in the business. I was, I, the number of times I've called up someone and said, you won the award, and there's, been a, there's a pause, and then a sort of a scream, and then it's like, you don't understand. I was just considering moving back to, you know, South Carolina because I can't uh, I can't make a living at this. Wow, it's so funny. I was uh, telling um, I forget who it was. Was it Charlie? I believe it was. And I said to him, I said, you know, you kind of have this now reputation of kind of being like the sugar daddy of of the lyricists. I mean, you guys are holding on to a nice purse to keep lyricists and librettists happy, and it's so like it's very cool. <laughs> well, look and look at the list of our winners. Right. I mean, there's you know anything that's been performed. Almost all the shows, one way or another, are uh, are um, done by you know. Uh, the only person I know that did not submit was Lin Manuel because his first <laughs> his first show ran for longer than two years. You know. I think he's good though. I think he's good for I it. Good. I think he's all right. I love it. So for you though, I the last time I guess we talked, uh, Madame Susatska Susatska was yeah. still in the works. How was that coming along? Uh, we did a production of it in Toronto. It was okay. I do not think it was a, fo- a very focused production, and uh, we'll probably start back at work on it um, in in the next couple of months. I love it. So even with the promising people that you're bringing through this process, for someone like you who's seasoned, you're still doing the new thing. So you're always writing. Everybody does it. Everybody does it. You know, uh, uh, Robert Anderson famously said. You can make a killing in show business, but you can't make a living. And, uh, <laughs> and, and you know, you can have a big hit and make a lot of money, I love it. but you can't just have a regular income. And, uh, you know, plays go off into small theaters and they produce, uh, you know, stock and amateur income. It's not a whole lot. Even if your play is done a lot, yep. you know, it's not, it's not that much. Well. Yeah. Again, thank you so much for taking time with me. This is our standing date every year. I, I love it, Kate. This works for me. And again, the Kleban Prize. I'm telling you, if you are a budding writer out there that needs something to look forward to or something to aspire to, what a wonderful place to kind of hang a, a moment on. You know that, I mean? that is absolutely true. I love that. I love nice it. Nice to see you, too. And we'll be back. Thank you. Always a treat. You, you ask good questions. Thank you, sir. All right, I'm roaming through the Kleban Prize, 2019's Kleban Prize reception. And, you know, this is kind of a tradition for me. It feels like every year I have a standing date with Richard Maltby. I have a standing date with Mr. John Weidman, who also is part of the the committee that has helped make a lot of people's dreams come true. How are you, sir? I'm good. It's always a pleasure to be at this event for exactly the reason you described. I'm the Kleban Foundation gives away a sum of money which makes a huge difference in the life of any writer. It's very satisfying to be part of that. Nice. So again, what were some of the things like that now that the people have been selected, 
Do you get a chance to look at any of the material that has now won? Have you listened to some of the, the stuff now? I've known, uh, I know Shana Taub's work, I know Sarah Hammond's work, I know mm -hmm. Charlie's work a little bit, so mm -hmm. when I saw the names which had, had been selected, uh -huh. it seemed like a really, really good group, right. and a very good choices. Right. I just finally got a chance to talk to Shana, and I was just like floored, because I forgot how prolific a young writer she is. I know, her... Her career is astonishing, yeah. and um, the the different parts of it, the performing parts of it, the writing parts of it, uh, it feels like a very nice time to give her this kind of a round of financial applause. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's a good hand to get. How are you doing, right? Yeah, it is a good hand oh to get. Oh, my God. So for you now, this is, this is a part of the thing. What is it that for you when you're looking at a promising lyricist, what, what is it that shows promise to you? Well, I, you know, I, I sit on the board. I, I, I have been a judge in the past. I haven't been one for some time. I think, you know, um, since uh, I don't write lyrics, mm -hmm. uh, I've only ever been asked to evaluate uh, the librettist's work. But I think all of us have a gut sense when we respond to a lyric mm -hmm. simply based on the way it speaks to us. I don't think you have to be an expert in order to feel sort of thumbs up, thumbs down, but for this kind of analysis, given what's at stake, who the judges are makes a big difference. Yeah. Well, I mean, who's this year's judges? I saw Allison Fraser, um, uh, Amanda Green, yeah. and who else? Um, the third was Eric Schaefer, Schaefer, who wants a signature in D.C. So these are all, uh, you know, accomplished professionals right. who are used to evaluating this kind of work, and mm -hmm. Amanda particularly, obviously, is a oh, yeah. really distinguished lyricist, so and she knows she, what she she's comes from a line of, <laughs> a good line there, you know what I mean? I think she does, <laughs> yes, I think she does. I think she does. I think she does. It's great. So, again, this is the event of the, the year for the writer. <laughs> no, no, it is. I mean, it's it's um, it's a writer's award. Uh, the the judges tend to be writers, not exclusively. Mm -hmm. But um, as I said, the main thing is that Cleveland Foundation is in a position to distribute sums of money, which can be the difference between a writer having the time to write and a writer having to squeeze it in around something else. Or keeping a writer wanting to write because now they can. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. That's the best. yeah. All right, well, thank you, Mr. Warner. So, again, always a pleasure to see you here at this event. I love that this is my yearly date. <laughs> my pleasure, and I'll see you, you know, fingers crossed, I'll see you a year from now. Absolutely, absolutely. And we'll be back. All right, I have found a clandestine little corner here at the Kleban Prize celebration and I actually ran into just as she was about to walk out Miss <laughs> Allison Fraser. Hello. First Hello. of all, Miss Allison, you are a fabulous interpretress. I was said this to you about this to you about you the other day. You wanted one of the interpretress of good theatrical song. You. You're like a Michael John Lacusa I know loves you. Oh, <laughs> I, I had a lovely time with him in first dance. I so love that. Yeah. So and you're here tonight because you were one of the judges. I was. I was honored to be chosen to be one of the judges. But so, I have a, a great passion for the origination of material. I, well, I, like I said, you're a fantastic interpreter of, of a lot of, of of a lot of the work that I've been able to enjoy over the years. Yeah, excellent. excellent. But for you, what is it? What when you sat down to decide like who was going to be one of the winners? Like, what was it that you looked for the most? I very much looked for the storytelling aspect. Okay. I, I wanted something to speak to me. I wanted to be 
compelled mm -hmm. to listen. And these uh, winners tonight indeed compel you to listen. Every song we heard tonight was the beginning or the middle That's of so a story, cool. and you want to hear where the end of that story goes. That's amazing. Yes. And for them to have this year two women winning. Oh, it's just it's spectacular. It's I've amazing. been such a fan of Shannon for years and years and years, and uh, but oh my goodness, it was it was just absolutely thrilling. I love yeah. it. So now when All you, I mean, they're I amazing. Yeah. But like for you, when you get now when they they bring you this stuff. How, how blind are you to who's working? Totally blind. Uh, yeah. You know, I had a suspicion on a couple of them uh -huh. because I heard people that I knew on the demos. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you hear Mary Test on a demo, yeah. you know, it's pretty you know. unmistakable. I've been working with that one for 40 years. <laughs> so, um, uh, and uh, I had a couple of suspicions, yeah. but the ones that won were really quite blind to me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, they are very happy that, they, that you saw their light, honey. Very <laughs> I just think all three of them are they're just stunning. They're extraordinary. Stunning. Extraordinary. So now that you've got to see what's coming of the new, what are you working on? Oh, my goodness. I'm always working on something. I, I've actually been doing audiobooks lately. I, I had one come out just a couple of days ago. I'm on the audiobook of uh, Dreyer's English. Uh, which is a spectacular new usage book, and I am on the audiobook version with the great author, Benjamin Dreyer, and I have another one coming up uh, called Good Talk. Um, I have a couple of shows coming up in a bit, and I will be working on a, a version of a prequel of Game of Thrones, a three-character oh. musical version, so I get to play the Diana Rigg parts. So I'm, very, I'm very pleased about that, and I'm seeing a lot of, a lot of theater and... Uh, uh, listening to a lot of a, a lot of good music, there was a there was a wonderful show at Fifty Four Below with uh, some of my students from Fordham. I've been teaching there for about ten years, and they did a wonderful uh, revisitation of the music and lyrics of Rusty McGee, my late husband. And watching this tonight really made me uh, think about the process that he went through trying to get his music heard and to get the support um, behind it, which of course he, he had. Stephen Schwartz was a huge uh, proponent of Rusty's music towards the end of his life. And um, it, it brought back very, very happy memories of, of an artist in search of an audience and support and uh, love. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, I will not keep you. I just wanted to get a moment to chat to talk to you. And again, I'm looking forward to whatever you have working. So it's going to be great. That was Miss Allison Fraser, y'all. All right. It's happening. Here we are at the Cleveland Prize, the big ceremony. And finally, finally, this is not only kind of something I've been waiting to do with you for a very long time, Miss Shana Town. Shana Taub, Shana, or Shana, or sorry, Shana, Shana. So Ms. Shana Taub, y'all, is the third winner of the Kleban Prize for outs, it's a Promising Lyricist. And for those of you who may not know Ms. Shana Taub, y'all better get hip, honey, because this girl, let me tell you something about Ms. Shana Taub. I'm gonna just, let me give you, I'm going to give everybody a background on how I discovered you. I discovered her work when she had written music for... Uh, she written a song that Allison or uh, Alice Ripley did for their show at 54 Below, and after that, I f saw you at a jamboree thing that happened at 
at City Center, and I had heard about you, and I said, oh my God, is that that woman that wrote the song? She wrote the song. And then the next thing I know, you got that microphone, and then you blew, girl, the, the vocal power. And then I saw you work for Twelfth Night. And I was like, I need to talk to you. And I wanted to talk to you for a long time. But I mean, what a way to do it the night she's got $100,000, y'all. How are you, darling? I'm so good. I'm so honored. This is just a dream. I feel so grateful. Yeah. It's like, okay, so the standard question I ask every time, where were you when you got the phone call? I was just in my apartment and I had been getting breakfast down the street with a friend. And then after the breakfast, I saw it a voicemail. And it was from them, and I called back, and they were like, oh, he'll be back in three hours. So I just sat in three hours, and I was like, either I got the Cleveland or not. So I didn't want to get, I didn't want right. to go there mentally. Right. So I just sat for three, those three hours are just gone to the world. I just, like, sat waiting by my phone. <laughs> I, I'm sitting here thinking, it's like, I don't think I would have been able to sit still for three hours, because it's like, they don't call you for bad news usually, right? I figure, but I also, the last thing I wanted to do was just, like, take or, it for granted, assume. And then they were like, Ashley, we're calling you to tell you your application was so bad, we had to tell you on the phone. Like, because we want you to know that we really did listen to your crap right is that well again they were right and what's so great is is that i understand from at least um having had a conversation with jen colella when i talked to her last year telling me about workshopping the process of this suffragette show yes yes tell me about the suffragette show yeah well one thing it's so funny so the word that we all hear is suffragette right and that's all that i knew until i started researching but actually it turns out they called the the women in this movement called themselves suffragists and that suffragette, it makes sense to me that that's the term we all know because that's the term that got handed down to us. But it was actually a way to sort of diminish suffragettes. It was like, oh, suffragettes, aren't they cute? Like, yeah. it feminizes it, you know? Um, anyway, but yeah, it's a project I'm writing about that era in the women's movement. And it was it, it was a movement for to get the franchise in this country that spanned three generations and then even beyond because we all know after the 19th Amendment passed in 1920, it took another 40 years for it for the, actually to be in action for women of color and immigrant women and all the rest. So I'm focusing on sort of a seven-year period during World War One when uh, the more radical wing of the suffrage movement pioneered a lot of uh, nonviolent protests at the White House gates and were thrown in jail and yeah, it's, it's challenging, but I'm excited about it. Well, I mean, I think what a fabulous subject matter for you to tackle when you talk about what's going on right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's like at this point for you, it's like this is a piece now that you're going to get a chance to really work on now thanks to the Kleban Prize, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's just such a life-changing gift that it gives you that time and space to focus on the work and to, to just breathe a little easier for a few things. You know, know that your rent might be paid for a bit. It's just... It's huge. That kind of thing is, is well, I, mean, I, know, yeah, I, yeah. I think, well, you know, part of the struggle, though, ultimately, in the end, for everybody, is to be, to be able to um, have the time, have the energy, have the focus to do that. So are you going to go to Aruba now that you uh -huh, <laughs> can go, yeah. go someplace where you can really here. focus? I'm getting on the plane right after this. No. <laughs> I mean, like, I work at home, but it, it's good. I feel like it's just it's time to focus up and get I, the work. I, you know, I was just thinking, when I, the last time when I tried to get with talk to you, you were, like, in the process of just getting married oh, that's right the first 12th night yeah. i guess that was like two and a half years ago yeah well always we, let's look at the ring are we still married oh, yes, okay still okay still. good <laughs> i hate for this to be that weird story <laughs> no no he's the best yeah yes. but you know what then this would be the best like coded to that whole story if that were the case because it's like <laughs> and then she won a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> yeah 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 that's no no like, no I love that. So this is this is great. So you're going to have an opportunity now to work on this. What other things are you, you know, now that you kind of can 
pull this piece up a little bit further. Yeah. It's like now what's back behind in the little stack that you want to slide up the, really, the scale. I'm, I'm sort of two-pronged right now. And this year I'm working on the Suffrage musical. And then I'm also working on the Devil Wears Prada musical. Yeah, I'm writing the lyrics for it. <laughs> Wait. Did you just say to me, the Devil Wears Prada? Yes. Girl. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now. I have been talking to people about that becoming a musical. And in my mind, I dream cast already. Yeah. Beth Level, Laura Osnes. I Both of those are amazing women. I mean, but I think, yeah. Now I feel like I could do it with Jen Colella and I won't feel mad either. I mean, I want to see Jen Colella in every show for the rest of time. So <laughs> <laughs> I think there's an embarrassment of riches of incredible women on Broadway right now. And I'm excited to be making two shows that mm -hmm. my goal is to just make as many amazing female roles as possible. Working on the So is, who's doing the music? Is it Elton John? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Girl. Y'all wait, hold on. Let me tell y'all about Miss Shana Tom, honey. Shana Tom is not effing around, girl. I am not mad at you. I am not mad at you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I love both projects. They're both challenging. They're both, I love, passionate about them both. You know, it's like, it's all, all the good things and they have support and I feel grateful for that. But now I, I just, I want to make them really good. I want to make them worthy of those characters, both the history, both, the, I'm a big fan of the movie too. I think, yeah. So I just want to make them as strong as I can and do the work as best I can. Honey, Shayna Top. Well, that's the reason why Shayna Top has not been able to come to my studio because the girl is busy. You are busy. Doing the hustle. Well, I, you know what? Well, you keep hustling. You keep turning this out. Congratulations on everything that's happening tonight. And, and I hope that we will have time because yes. I need to talk to you about your two albums. I need to talk to you about you just taking the opportunities to just... Get in there and do your thing, girl. Yes, yeah, so we'll find a time to talk well, for so sure. We'll do that. Yes. We'll totally do that. We well, y'all, honey. Shayna Tobb, 2019 Cleveland Prize winner for Most Promising Lyricist. Boom. I love her. And we will be back. Yes. All right, y'all. I told you I am working the room here at the Cleveland Prize celebration, celebrating the um, most promising lyricists and librettists. We have a tie this year with the lyricist between Shayna Taub and Miss Sarah Hammond. Three, three people. And again, I told you, I come to this event, I have standing dates with some of the biggest names in musical theater. But I'm here with one of my other standing dates, Maury Eston. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fine. This is really a great event. You, let me tell you something. You are giving me va-va-va-voom energy. You're giving me casual grooviness. This... This is a good time for you, right? This 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 is a wonderful event for you every year. Ben was my best friend, right? And I, I, you know, I was up with him to the end. And after we lost him, uh, when uh, they read out his will, I was called to his lawyer's office, and I was made the person in charge to put together a team uh, that, of names that had been uh, designated by his will to create this foundation, to give this money away every year to gifted young people who are writing lyrics or book and who need the money to live. Again, like I said, you've really, as, as I was telling to uh, Richard, I was saying that this prize either does one of three things. It either helps people be able to sit down and write. It also gives them the luxury more so to write in terms of being able to have their heads cleared with bills. And for some, it keeps them writing because some people have lost a lot of hope by the time that phone Wow, it kind of makes them famous. And, and it gives them credibility. Oh, hey, won the Klee Band. Let's, let's read his play. You know? Well, you know, and the thing is, is that, again, there are a lot of people that are on that list of famous folks. Jason Robert Brown, Joe Iconis. We've got a Pulitzer Prize. 
We've got names of all and names and shows you've all heard. It's extraordinary what Ed's done. You know, Ed was Ed was a lyricist, and and, and he really was. I don't want to say penniless, but he was really having trouble making ends meet, because you see, and he realized if you're a composer, you can play club dates. You know. Yeah. Well, it looks like we're going to start. Let's, let's give it to the whole room. Give them the real You see, this is what happens when you're at these events. You can't just stop and talk. But this is very exciting. But Maury Essen, again, this is our standing date. It is, every year. I want people to know that you are doing a wonderful, you're facilitating a wonderful service for creatives. I'm sure we'll be seeing the winter shows on Broadway in the next five, six years. No question. If not next month, who knows? Great to talk to you. Good to talk to you, too. And we will be back. Look for Keith Price's Curtain Call on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, and now Mixcloud.